Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Richard's Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning. And if you are listening to the show, like Joanne, please let me know if you cannot hear me because yesterday I was running into some difficulties with my mic. So I tried to change where I'm at in the house because I'm still not at home, nor am I in my office, but I am still doing the show. So again, I first want to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning. I also want to thank you for giving me the activities of my limbs. And if those of you want to call in and join me on the show, or I can bring you in on Facebook, let me know. Because this show is designed to address situations that are occurring in our world today that many individuals are going through, and also sometimes what the Heavenly Father placed in my spirit to talk about, which is or has a lot to do with today's topic. Because when it was placed on me to talk about restoration, I was clueless. I was like, restoration, what needs to be restored? How can things be fixed? I could not put it together, and it did not come to me until about an hour before I had to do the show. What? the Lord was trying to say to me. Now, we started talking about restoration and restoring. What about restoring your faith? What about restoring our relationship with God? How do we start and where does it start? Because sometimes we can be faced with difficult situations. Sometimes, you know, with what's going on, I was watching the CNN today. They were talking about confirming the lady into the United States Supreme Court, and boy, were they giving her hell. And I was like, when there was questions was asked, I could tell if it was a Democrat, if it was Republican. I could tell just based on the questions. But they was putting her through some things, so where she had to restore some things, too. Now, not only are we talking about um, – in regards to just that situation, but we talk about COVID, we talking about employment situations, relationships. But what happens is sometimes these difficult situations can result in one losing or challenging one's faith. One can also start to believe that God don't even exist. Or is God even listening to me? Or is it that God maybe just simply don't care? These are some of the things that happen. It is also important to remember that and what the Bible says when it comes to our faith. So today we're going to be talking about doubt. We're going to be talking about praying for restoration. We're going to be talking about Psalms 51. So we're going to put it all together. Now I'm waiting on Lady T to call in. I know she says she has something to do today, but she hasn't called in yet. So I'm going to go off Facebook Live. So because my battery's going dead. But if you want to call in on the show, give me a call, 516 387 one nine one four because I want to hear your thoughts. I want to know from you how can you restore your relationship with God? Get back to your faith. So let's talk about it. Again, Jeanette Avenue Precious Predicaments. Thank you. Okay, so I'm gonna have to make sure I check someone just to make sure that they can hear me. Because I don't want to be on the show like I was yesterday, and no one could hear me talking. So let me give her a text message. Because, like I said, I need T to give me a call and join me on the show. But 
But let me find out if I can be heard. Can you hear me? Me speaking on the air. I'm going to say, please check. Because like I said, yesterday we wasted a whole 10 minutes of doing the show and only for people to not even be able to hear me speaking. So I don't want to repeat that that again. Now, when we talk about, like I said, restoration, and I indicated with all that is going on in the world today, I did my best to make sure that the show was designed to assist individuals as to how to restore their faith. And like I said, sometimes not only do we start challenging things or or starting having to the lack of faith, but the problem is life sometimes can also get busy. And when life gets busy, one can drift away from God, as well as we know not only drifting away from God, people start dealing with hurt, they start dealing with pain, and also troubles in the world. However, when this occurs, that is really when we need him more than ever. And that is why I wanted to talk about this, because I want to make sure that we continue to keep our eyes on the prize and your mind stayed on him. And when we talk about your mind being stayed on him, that is something that's very, very important. And it's also something that we need to be mindful of. Because like I said, it is very easy to get distracted. And it's very easy for our minds to to stray away. So I'm trying to call other people just to make sure, like I said, I don't want to be talking and people can't hear me. So I need to figure out if I need to um, also call in just to make sure that I can be heard because I'm not hearing from none of my regulars that would normally call in on the show, but I don't want it to, um, what's the video, no sound, because I don't want to mess mess things up. So again, If you can hear me and you're out there, please text me and let me know because I don't want to to mess this up. So when we start talking about how does this even start, where does this even come from, what happens? Like I said, it could be any situation. It could be the, okay, thank you, Will, for letting me know you can hear me because, like I said, I didn't know if my um, mic was working because yesterday I had a Thank you, Will. I appreciate that. So when we start talking about the death of a loved one, relationship issues, and things that are happening in people's lives, sometimes we wonder, where's God? If God is really real, why would he allow these things to happen to me? Now, I don't have the answer to that because we always talk about in God's will and God's timing. And then sometimes it seems like we blame things on God and we wonder if God really has something to do with it or was it just us? Was it our doing? So that's something sometimes we have to take up on. Now I want to share some information with you. And it seems like every time I start doing these shows, things don't always go the way I want them to go, but that is okay. So as I'm looking at this information, and I found some information, and I was getting conflicted because when I was, like I said, with this topic, I had to call Lady T because I was stuck. And I was like, okay, um, it's been laid upon my heart 
to talk about restoration. I don't know what it means. And I was looking it up, looking up the information, and I was finding that some individuals, there are churches, there are people that talk about um, restoration. There are even churches that talk about restoration. I was finding information talking about um, finding total restoration. Well, one of the things that it kind of hit me, I found something that was written by Joyce Myers, and she posted in the Christian Post columnist, and it indicated, and she talked about finding total restoration in Christ. And I want to relay some of the things that she talked about. And when she, what she indicated was that God is in the business of restoration. Now, if this is God's business, it seems like we are so busy trying to fix stuff, we must not forget, sometimes we be messing stuff up. But if God is in the business of restoration, and as a believer in Christ, he wants to make us whole in every area of our lives. The process or this process transform us into new creation. And she goes on and talk about in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and she describes this. And I'm going to hold on because I don't want to talk to. She describes this as a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual conditions has passed away. Now, a lot of times when we start talking about what's going on in our life, whether we're dealing with abuse, whether we're dealing with COVID, whether we're dealing with the loss of a loved one, that pain is no joke. That fear, the doubt, and God don't want us to do all of that. Now, I got a caller calling in, so hopefully I can get some help. Let me log them on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments, number in the A4. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? Um, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for calling in because I was so stuck on this topic because I was stuck with trying to put this together, and it wasn't until about an hour before the show that things started making since we started talking about restoration. But I want to thank you, Pastor, for joining on the air, but I want to finish this, and then I want to know scripturally and spiritually what that means. Because when we start talking about the restoration and the way Joyce Myers was putting it, and she was talking about how she remembered how she desperately needed to recover from the abuse of her past. Because we all, like I said, are either going through in something or something is going on. And a lot of times she indicated that she needed healing and she needed restoration so that she wouldn't continue to be poisoned by things that had happened. Now, Pastor Johnson, I know I sent you this information late and restoration. What is your take on that when we start talking about restoration? Because I couldn't figure out why this was such a topic that needed to be discussed because we do need some to restore some things. Well, uh, when I used to teach classes uh, when I worked at your center, one of the questions I used to ask the group, what is the difference between guilt and shame? Are you asking me? Or you said you was asking the clients, what's the guilt, difference between guilt and shame? Well, I'm putting this out to the audience, whoever's on the line right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, nobody else is on the Okay, yeah, you got it. No, you can go for it because, like I said, right now it's just you and I. People are out there listening, but no one else is on the line right now but you and I. So you said that you would ask the clients that had drug problems, what's the difference between guilt and shame? And, uh, you know, a lot of times that is something that they deal with when you're talking about addiction. 
But how would that or how would you help them to gain a better understanding of what it meant? Because when you, you do something that's offensive or, or, or something that's that's uh, not pleasing to God, you immediately feel the guilt. Shame is something that, that stays with you for a lot of longer time. But when we talk about God restoring us, uh, uh, that that takes a process. There's not a period that you can take and say, okay, I feel better now. You know, mm-hmm. that, uh First John one nine, I believe. Let me get my scripture here. I've been kind of running around this morning. Give me a sec here. First John one nine. Where are you? Where are you? Well, here we go. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God immediately forgives when we ask. The problem is we don't forgive ourselves. We allow the enemy to continue to remind us of what we did, you know, in our past. There's another scripture that said, God, when you confess your sins, he cast his forms from the east and from the west. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I tell people in the past, well, They'll keep going to God every Sunday. Lord, forgive me. And, and, and God is like, what are you talking about? Because he remembers your sins no more. Mm-hmm. You, you know what, Mike, when you said that, I remember when I was going to church at Hard Dominion Worship Center, and um, the pastor had a cousin, and she, um, you know, she, she had some developmental challenges, and she would go to the prayer line every week. And it got to the point to where some of the family members would make her get out of the prayer line. And I used to be thinking, let her go up there. Let her go up there. You know, because the thing is, sometimes we're talking about being restored. Sometimes we don't know what a person may be going through. We don't know what a person may be experiencing. And, you know, when we talk about we, we need restoration or we need to be restored, you know, and when we start talking about leaving that pain behind, and the thing is, sometimes we start talking about our thinking, our emotions, all of that needs to be healed and be restored so that we won't continue to be poisoned by it. Because I was talking to my daughter just this weekend, Mike. She was so hurt because she was dealing with something at work, and she was concerned about, you know, COVID and having to go to work and, you know, right, going to school and everything. And she was concerned about one of her employees. And um, then she got a call over the weekend that the employee had passed away. And my daughter couldn't figure out what happened, only to learn now that the person committed suicide. Now, individuals are dealing with, and I'm looking at my, my daughter. I don't know what to say to her. I don't know how to comfort her. I could see that she was concerned. And part of her concern was because the woman was in her early 30s, married with children, and all my daughter could think about was her children, her family. You know, and my daughter was thinking COVID or maybe cancer or maybe, but then to learn that it was suicide. And I had to tell my daughter, suicide is real. And she was like, how did I miss it? Sometimes people may not want you to know because sometimes that's between them and a higher power. You know, sometimes individuals can become so overwhelmed and so consumed with the troubles of the world that they're dealing with 
that sometimes they don't want other people to know because they don't think that people can fix what they're dealing with. You know, and like they talk about how big is your problem, how big is your God? That makes a big difference because God is a healer and God can restore. But we got to learn how to take our troubles to him. Mm-hmm. There's another scripture uh, where I actually uh, found the one I was quoting. This is uh, Hebrews 8.12. It says, For I would be merciful to their unrighteousness mm-hmm. and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And I kind of mentioned it last week, and you said wait till this week. The word righteous merely means to be in right standing with mm-hmm. God. To be sanctified is to be set apart mm-hmm. from the world and the things thereof. To be justified is to be declared righteous. And I see so many believers that mix these three terminologies up and around. And you probably heard it in your life that, oh, you think you're so sanctified. You think you're mm-hmm. so But they're headed in ignorance because they actually don't know what it means. Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people don't. A lot of times they don't. You know, Mike, that was one of the things that when we talk about people is sometimes I had to realize some people just don't know no better. They really don't know no better. You can't even be mad at them. You can't even, you know, I just, I, I, I just, I was talking to a lady today, and all I could do was just, I just busted out and started laughing. It's sad we was on Skype because she was able to see me laugh. You know, because I, there was nothing I could say. But just like, for real, did you really just say that? Now, I want to go back to when we were talking about recovering, whether it's abuse, whether it's addiction, whether it's the loss, whether whatever pain you're in. And I'm still going back to where I was talking about with Joyce Myers where she wrote in his post and she's talking about restoration and how God can restore. She said God had a much better life for her than what she known it to be at that point. And he wanted to restore my soul so I could experience it. A lot of times we be in our own way. A lot of times we start, like I said, challenging, doubting, disbelief. And another scripture she indicates is Isaiah 61, 7. And it indicates, instead of your shame, you shall have people recompense instead of dishonor and reproach, meaning your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess double of what they forfeited. Everlasting joy shall be there. They indicate that in the scripture, it shows us that God has completely restored us. No matter what we've done, what we've been through, he wants to bring us to a position that's better than what we would have been in if we have never gone through the mess in our lives. <clears throat> you know what, Mike? That is deep because, you know, it got, kind of go back to, I remember people saying, if God can bring you to it, he can bring you through it. And you know when you met me, oh, God, it's what, 15 years ago? You know I didn't know yes, what I was doing. You know that I needed help in a whole lot of ways, and I needed some prayer. But I was restored. And I was like, Lord, why did you do this to me? Why I got to be the one? Why I got to be the, you know, I didn't realize, Mike, later that that opened the doors for a lot of other people. It gave people a lot of hope. It, it, you know, and it wasn't wasn't about me. And it wasn't for me. And I had to realize that I couldn't make it or take it or make it personal. 
And that's what happens a lot of times when we're in our mess is we think it's all about us. Mm-hmm. And also, and it goes back into something that you were talking about earlier when we were talking about the righteousness and, and um. And yes, we were supposed to talk about that, and then restoration just popped into my spirit. And what I'm looking at, it talks about that Jesus gives us, through our relationship with him, that he gives us righteousness, he gives us right standing with God. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it is so important for us to get this because the enemy wants us to think about everything that is wrong in the world, wrong with us, and wrong in other people. And what happens is when we start focusing on on looking at all that wrong with us, we'll focus on our faults. And when we do this, it gives our problems more strength over us. And that's what we can really use from restoration. Because well, we kind of funny that you mentioned that. Uh, Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, I uh, put out a word of the day called God Speak Every Day, and that was actually. Uh, the scripture I used this morning, and it says, mm-hmm. uh, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And then over in uh, Acts seventeen twenty-eight, let me go over there right quick, and have another reference scripture that I use. And that read... But yet, for in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offsprings. We, when they talk about we as his offspring, when you look at when God created us in his image, when you look at the Hebrew text, it means that we were made in his express image. Mm-hmm. We were his his direct reflection. When I see you, I should see Jesus. When you see me, you should see Jesus because we are made in his image. And one of the things, uh, when you talk about guilt and, and, and dealing with your past, is another scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote in uh, Philippians, the third chapter, and that would be the 14th and 15th verse, well, excuse me, 13th and 14th verse, it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, which means I haven't got everything down pat yet. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, mm-hmm. reaching forward to those things which are ahead, and this is what I like, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. And that is something that we have to do. We have to press. We have to push. We have to walk. We have to keep on putting one foot in front of the other. I used to say mm-hmm. this all the time. The journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, God will lockstep with you and meet you step by step by step. That's true. And, and one of the what? things the enemy has came and continuously lied to the saved and the unsaved. I mean, if he tried to lie to Jesus, who is the Word in the flesh, he'll try to lie to me and you. And everybody else. Mm-hmm. He's trying to keep us from the truth. Uh, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Winston Churchill in World War II. He said, truth is always surrounded with a bodyguard of lies to spread disinformation. 
and they take you for no further truth. Jesus said what when he left? I leave you a comforter, the spirit of truth. Mm-hmm. And so, so we have to immerse ourselves, jump into the deep pool of faith, and get to know this God that we're talking about. You know, the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. It's an open book test. Mm-hmm. Remember when you used to go to school and you'd find the answer to the back of the book? Can I read that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was curious for that one. You said what? Wait a minute. I thought the teacher was dumb. I said, why would the teacher give me the questions that she know the answers is in the back of the book? Oh, I like this mm-hmm. kind of homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Bible is open book test. All you got to do is go in there and find the answer. <laughs> it's interesting you said that. I was watching something on YouTube, and they were doing a multiplication. And with the multiplication, I, I forgot what the question was. It was like 25, 35 times 12. And I looked at that, and the way the teacher was on YouTube answering the question, I said, wait a minute, I wasn't taught like this. She's making me more confused. She's taking it, putting it in boxes, multiplying it, and then adding it up. I said, wait a minute. We was, Mine was keeping it real simple. You know, and that's the way with God is when we start talking about how we need to learn, and I talked about learn to walk and live in the Holy Spirit. And because then we will certainly not gratify the craving and desires of the flesh. But the problem is, by sometimes we want to do things our own way. Now, even in Galatians five sixteen, and it talks about this is what it means to be transformed into the image of Christ. Like you said, when people see me, when people see you, you know, and that is should be what they see. While it's not an easy process, because people will say, well, I'm not perfect. I'm not God. I'm not. No. But we need to do better. And we can do it with God's help. Because there is a process in regards to restoration. It really is. And the thing that I'm looking at, and it talks about, and it talks about, think about a beat up piece of furniture. Because sometimes my, my people think God can't use them. It goes back to when you're talking about the guilt, the shame, and even some of the clients that we worked with at the Center for the Treatment of Addiction. And I had said before, we need to be careful with who we're talking to because, Mike, you knew when all of that stuff went down in 2007, we had mayor's children in the program and grandchildren. We had senators, family members in the program. We didn't even know. When I was under attack, you know we was getting phone calls. From, we was like, Lord, where are these people coming from? We go in the city hall. They in there filibustering because they scared to talk to me. We go in a county board of supervisors meeting. They didn't know. They thought I was going to be scared and thinking that because I was an African-American woman, I was going to be intimidated by their power. But I knew I had God on my side. And you knew it, too. And you saw how that stuff went down. So, I did. But, but I did. Also, but you know, uh, Jeanette, when you talk about people, uh, think God can't use them. I mean, we got example after example after oh, example yeah. in the Bible. I mean, Abraham, who we call the father of faith, he lied to the king. Apostle mm-hmm. uh, Paul, he he murdered Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter denied Christ. I mean, you can go on down the list. You know, Samson disobeyed, and and, and, and Solomon saw everybody came up short. But mm-hmm. we're dealing with a loving and a forgiving God, and see, a lot of times we try to equate God with what we would do. 
So God is covering a whole myriad of things right there, things that that have flown, that walk, that that has been permanently there in your life. God mm-hmm. will restore and God will remove. Yeah, he will. And you know what, Mike? But this is one of the areas where we struggle, and we can talk about the process, but we got to trust. We got to trust God to lead us in the ways that is right for us. Not so you what know, Apostle Paul right. said, God, I believe. Help my unbelief. I mean, whatever you're going through, there is a scripture for it. Lord, Lord I believe. Help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord, I'm pissed off at you. I'm mad because, you know, in the book of Hebrews, he said everything is open and naked before the eyes of the Lord. So he knows anyway. So you uh-huh. might as well tell him. <laughs> You might you as well tell them. Might as well put it out there. Yeah, you might as well tell them. Let them tell you, I know I'm a minister, and I teach, and I preach, and I do all this good stuff. But many times, I'm just pissed off, and, 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 and I'm waiting for the Lord. Lord, I'm mad. <laughs> and this is the reason I'm mad, mad. And the Lord listened to me, and then he gave me an answer, and yet a still small voice. Uh-huh. I had a, a, a co-worker I was working with. This was in Long Beach uh, before I... Uh, uh, work for you, and I had this staff member. I just couldn't stand. She made my skin crawl. I mean, she was just so. Ugh. And I was just complaining for the Lord one day, and the Lord said, "You change." And I'm like, "What do you mean, me change? She's the one that's doing this, doing that." She said, "You change." Mm-hmm. So I was obedient, and I changed. In about two months, one day we were just laughing and joking and having a good time. And then the Lord reminded me, in order to make a change, you have to change. Mm-hmm. And Jesus gave us the indication when he said, you're looking for a little speck in somebody else's eye, you better get that telephone pole out of Man. your own eye. Man, that is, that is so true. That is so true. And, you know, and it's interesting, like I said, with me being a therapist, a lot of times individuals come to rehab or come to seek help go to church because they're hurting, you know, because they, and, and then when you start talking about this relationship, sometimes they don't even want to hear it. But I want to share with you, there is some information, and it talks about, and it's coming from familytoday.com, it talks about six ways to revive your relationship with God. Because not only do you have to restore your relationship or restore you and create a new you, part of it is reviving that relationship. And and I know that on with this show, some individuals are believers, some individuals are non-believers. Sometimes we even have atheists, eight, um, individuals that practice atheism listening to the show. But you've got to find a way to revive. How are you going to, eat, like you in any other type of relationship, I get called people that are in domestic violence situations and they want to restore that. And I'm like, um, that's toxic. That's trauma bond. But why is so many people, and I'm going to ask you this question. Just think about this, Mike. We got so many individuals trying to heal and restore unhealthy relationships before they'll go back and try to revive their relationship with God. What do you think that's about, Mike? Because I know when you talk about this, sometimes we get mad. Sometimes, yeah, we do all of that. But you would rather be with someone that verbally, physically, mentally, psychologically, financially abuse you, but yet... Don't want to revive or restore a relationship with your heavenly Father. Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, like I know, you know, uh, 
one of one, one of the programs that that will start with domestic violence. And one of the things mm-hmm. that domestic violence, once they hit you once, it escalates from there. And I, I, you remember the little sign we had in our office? They had three posters. One had the woman with the black eyes. He said it, I'll never do it again. The second poster read, he promised he won't do it again. Mm-hmm. And the third poster was the woman in a coffin. Now he will never be able to do it again. Uh-uh. I don't know if you remember that poster or not. I it was remember the way that worked. And God don't expect you to stay in a relationship getting your behind kicked and thrown all over the place. You are, once again, we are created in this image. And, 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 and God didn't put you down here to be abused and to uh-huh. be misused. And a lot of times, you know, people want to quote the scripture about, well, God hates divorce, this and that, or whatever. Yes, but at the same way, you know, love is an action word. Jeanette, I can mm-hmm. sit here and say, I love you all day long. But if I'm whooping you, well, actually, that won't happen because you probably shoot me. But, <laughs> but, but you, you know, know what I'm saying? Uh, you going to whoop me? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the, the the mistreatment that people accept. And, of course, when you're in an abusive, uh, abusive relationship, you become powerless. And right. you don't see no way out. And you lose your hope. And you figure out, well... I guess this is my lot in life, and, mm-hmm. and, and and the thing about that is empowering people to understand who they are. And a lot of times, I think Maya Angelou said it best: "It's not what people call you; it's mm-hmm. what you answer." Mm-hmm. And the God is our identifier of who we are. When you look at a uh, uh, Deuteronomy the twenty-eighth chapter, the first fourteen verses are the blessing. Uh, uh, from 14 on, it's the cursing. Mm-hmm. And it says, we are not to tell. We are the, you know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. tells us who we are. Uh-huh. And, and hey. these are the things that we must understand. We must uh, 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 set our, our will in line with God's will about who we are. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the children of God. We are right. uh, the, the priest. And, and all of these wonderful things. Mm-hmm. But it's conditional. When you mm-hmm. say, if you are obedient, if you follow my commandments, if you mm-hmm. love me, Jesus asked, asked that question to Peter, what, three times? Uh-huh. And the reason he asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Because three times he denied him. Mm-hmm. So when he asked him three times, that resto- actually restored Peter. Uh-huh. Back to his calling what God had called him for. Yep, and you know what? And as a child of God, we got to remember we're going to be attacked. We're going to go through some things, you know, and a lot of times individuals just get so frustrated, so wore down. And you know what? As as you are saying this and this conversation we're having, it reminded me of when I would call you when I was in my last marriage, and you knew it was when he said, I don't want to have nothing to do with your Jesus. You knew for me that was right. I remember that. I remember that answer question. Yeah. You knew he just messed up. Well, you know what? You might you might as well go out and tell the truth and make the devil a lie. You better tell him the whole truth. But what did I tell I you before? I know. 
I know, but you know what's so funny? Let me tell you what's so funny. No, I know. Let the people know. No, no, what did I tell you? Well, you had already told me not to do it. You already told me all of that in the beginning. But let me tell you the funny part. Now, <laughs> he got the nerve now to be texting me, trying to reach out to me, trying to come back. And I'm like, you already know who I am. You are. Have you changed your mind? Have you? Because I was consistent. I was consistent. And that's the way it is with God, too. Now, I want to give the listeners six ways to revive your relationship with God. Do you feel yourself okay. drifting away from God? Here are five tips that may help one become closer. Talk to him. And, Mike, you emphasize that in regards to talking to God. Just as with any other person in your life, communication is essential to strengthening your relationship with God. When you're seeing your prayers, close your eyes and picture him right next to you, listening sincerely to everything you are saying. Talk to him as a child would talk to their parents. He is there to listen to all your questions, your concerns, and to provide you with guidance. Talk to him as often as you can. He is there for you not only in times of need, but when you just want to talk. A lot of times my people don't know what to do. Now, we got a caller calling in. Let me log this person on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number in 68. How are you doing? I'm doing better than most worse than a few. How about you? I'm doing okay. Okay. So, okay. You know, Mike, when, when you were talking about this praying and talking to God, Mike, what are some of the ways that, because a lot of times individuals don't understand or like, like we said before, we go to God when we want something, when we need something. We don't know how to just praise him, just to thank him for the things. Like they say, if you haven't done nothing, if you don't do nothing else, you've already done enough. Now, what's your take on that? Then I'm going to ask, because I think this is way busy, they just called in. But, Mike, what is yeah. your take on that with talking to him? Well, well what, what, what I teach is prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. And that's where a lot of times we miss. We'll we'll go to God, we'll petition him, and we'll pray, and whatever we got to say, we'll say amen, and then we go all about our business. Now, <laughs> prayer is a dialogue. You talk a little bit, you remain still, and trust me, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. And it's a conversation. You know, uh, Abraham gave us an example. When he petitioned God on the behalf of Lot, before God was going to uh, uh, eliminate Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh-huh. it was a conversation going back and forth. So prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're busy. What's your take on this in regards to talking to him? Um, well, you know, I have to say this much. Uh, I have to say on behalf of being in a relationship with God and through his spirit, I would say the spirit is the one that opens the door to somebody's heart, you know, so that that person can have a relationship with, with who God is in your life. And Amen. So as you're learning, as you're learning, as you're learning about the fruit of the spirit, which is what God produces in our life, which is patience with us, kindness, you know, all these wonderful things, how he is towards us. So as we grow up in those, in that area of our life, we're going to be able to demonstrate that same thing towards other people who he's having a relationship with through us to them. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get in the way of what God's doing in my life, let alone get in the way of what God's doing in someone else's life. So he has given us the indwelling Holy Spirit who appraises the words that we listen to 
to let us know whether it's just man talking about what he thinks God is saying or if it's God over there and if it's him, then then you don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing, Mike, besides talking to him, we got to obey him. A lot of times we want to do what we want to do. And we have to obey God's commandment because we know none of us is perfect. And if we are, or if we were to be perfect in the first place, we wouldn't be here. But we got to grow and develop through his life so that we may re- reunite with God in the end. And the least we can do for him is to try our best to obey his commandment. And that's where a lot of times we, we get in trouble. And we should be kind. We should be honest towards others. You know, and and just trying to be a servant. It kind of goes back to when we always say there's a whole lot of chiefs and not enough Indians. So what about obeying him? Because you know people want to do what they want to do, and they want to feed the flesh and do what's going to make them feel good. Well, uh, 1 Samuel 15, 22, it says uh, basically obedience is better. And sacrifice. Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, when when, when God is, is is telling us about the children of Israel when they was in the desert, He called disobedience open rebellion. When you mm-hmm. disobey God, you're in rebellion, and that's a very dangerous thing because He said they were not able to enter it in because of rebellion. Mm-hmm. So you 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 walking on treacherous ground when you're disobedient to God. And it's kind of like every day we wake up, we're at a crossroads. And I tell people this all the time. We have one power, and that's the power of choice. We can choose to submit to the power, authority, and the will of the Father, or we can choose not to. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. The power of choice. We cannot do, and that's to violate our will. Mm-hmm. So another thing that it goes into studying the scriptures. Scriptures are meaningful and beneficial study materials. When we want to strengthen our faith and relationship with God, they allow God to speak to his children. Scriptures also give a glorious account of spiritual moments throughout time. The stories in the scriptures are given with similar circumstances to what we are facing today. Because like it goes back to what you talked about, the book of instructions before leaving earth, it's all in the Bible. And learning about others who have had their faith and patience tested can give us courage to prevail through our own times of trials. Making time to study scriptures each day can fully revitalize our tired souls. And that's where a lot of times people fall short. And see, like with me, sometimes I'll listen to scriptures or I'll listen to certain um, sermons on, the, on um, YouTube or, you know, I like listening to what Jamal Bryant, T.D. Jakes, or Joyce Myers, you know, because I learn by listening. I, I can't, me just reading sometimes, I'll get bored, I'll fall asleep. But if I'm able to hear somebody else say it, I'm able to, to discern, you know, are they on track? Is it what the word is saying? Does the Lord? So, but we do have to also, and even studying to show ourselves approved. So what about the studying of, of the scriptures, Mike? What would you like to let the listeners know in regards to that? Well, one, one, one of the things you just said that is so important, and it's a lost art. Just like me and you, you know, we're, we're, we're counselors, so we, we've developed listening skills. Uh, but a lot of people, they hear, but they don't listen. 
And I yep. know you've gotten in a conversation where you're talking with somebody and uh, they're already formulating an answer of what they're going to say. So you know they're not listening by the way they uh, return the answer or the question mm-hmm. or the conversation that you're having. having. And see, one of the things about studying the show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth, is because, you know, we're told in the last days, even the very elect is going to be deceived. I preached mm-hmm. a sermon uh, about three or four weeks ago, the spirit of deception. And the spirit of mm-hmm. deception is right here, right now. And, and one of the uh, examples I used was these cult leaders. And I think I shared, did I share that with you last time? I believe you did. I believe you did. Yeah, and, but you know, uh, David Koresh and uh, Jim Jones and Marshall mm-hmm. Applewhite, these were mm-hmm. cult leaders, and they presented themselves like they had a relationship with God, but they did not. And these people, you know, uh, formed mass suicide. So it's important that we understand the contract. And you can put your trust in God. This, this is the way I put it to people. You know, back in the old days, it's just like if I wrote my last will and testament to you, I, Mike Johnson, being of halfway sound mind or whatever, I lead to that, all this good stuff. The only time you get to get it is when I die, and then that will and testament is put into force. Well, Jesus Christ is the only one in history that wrote his last will and testament, died on the cross to put it into force, then he rose from the dead to make sure that we get everything that we have coming to us. In Jeremiah one twelve, he said he watches over his word to perform it. Even taking it in the Hebrew context, he hovers over his word to perform it. It is him who calls things that are not as though they already are. We should put our trust in God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike, I just got to say this. I was watching yesterday how many individuals went to Florida for this riot. I mean, for this, I called it a riot, but this rally. Mike, when they started interviewing people and they were talking about COVID-19 and wearing masks, I heard some of the craziest stuff. One woman said, I'm healthy, I'm in good shape, and I'm not going to get sick. I said, and the man said, there were people that was healthy and young that, that died of COVID. Then another woman said, I trust God. And I'm thinking... What do God got to do with you being at this doggone rally without wearing a mask, knowing that people are sick, been sick, and the man had COVID itself? Then one woman, they asked the woman, they asked this one woman, and the woman said, if Trump told you to put on a mask, what would you do? She said, I would then wear a mask. I said, Lord Jesus, it's going to take Trump to tell these people to put on a mask, and he won't do it? Come on now, he's not God. But the well, woman see, it, it's saying, strange to us because we have the light of God's word in our heart. But you got to remember, these people are immersed in darkness. When you're in darkness, you stumble, you fall, you can't see where you're going until it's too late. My, my and, 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 it's crazy that what we said. She said, I remember, was on the the Trump told me to. I couldn't believe the woman yeah. said that. Did you hear about Pastor Greg Laurie? Um, what was he? The reason I mentioned his name because he he put it out there himself. Greg Laurie is the pastor. He has about twenty thousand uh, members. He does the uh, harvest meeting at Angel Stadium every year. You know who I'm talking about? I, I heard of him before. Yes. Yeah. Well, he got the COVID COVID virus, 
from attending that that Saturday event when Trump is introducing the Supreme Court nominee. Mm, and I, I knew what this was man of God, and, and he preaches that word. But what happened to make you go there and not wear a mask, intermingle with the people, when the scientist says not to do that? Even the very elect is going to be deceived. Mike, when the woman said, if Trump told me to wear a mask, I wear a mask. In other words, I ain't putting one on to Trump. I couldn't believe she said, I, I was just dumbfounded, like, all these people for real? For real, for real? Now, the next thing you talk about is listen to him. Though we may talk yeah. with God often, we may not be op- opening our ears to hear his answers and guidance. Not the president, his. I think Lady T logging on with us. Let me log her on right quick, and then I'm going to finish what I'm saying. Now, in regards to hearing his answers, when you're finished praying, don't quickly turn on loud music, start watching TV immediately, climb into your bed. Take time to stop, look, and listen for God answers to your prayers. Sometimes we may not be receiving an answer that we, we may want to hear through our own prayers, but God may prompt you to answer someone else. But make sure you listen as much as you speak with him. Communication goes both ways. So sometimes we want to talk to God, but we don't want to listen to God. People want to listen to well, other that's stuff. that's why I said it's a monologue. Yep. Hey, Lady T, I know you on the air. What you got to share this yeah. with the listeners regarding restoration? Restoration. Because I figured it out, Lady T. I couldn't figure out last night when mm-hmm. I called you at 10 o'clock what this was about. Because uh-huh. remember, I told you, yeah. I said, I'm like, I'm having writer's block. It's been played so many talk about restoration, and it's not making sense. But then when I woke up this morning and I put it together, because was, I was talking to you about how are we supposed to fix what man done messed up? How we, And it's not for us to fix. But it came to me, no. and I'm sharing it with you. I'm laughing because you know I was stuck last night, and I got 10 okay. hours of sleep, so I got me some sleep. But restoring your faith, restoring our relationship with God. And I talked oh. about how sometimes we get so, um, we can be so uh, dealing with difficult situations, and it can result in one's losing or challenging one's faith. And when one starts to believe that God is not, don't exist, God ain't listening, or that God don't care, that is what it was about. Is we have to get back to restoring that because we're watching these things happening, we're in disbelief, we're, and we're falling further and further and further away from God. And we got to go back to re- restoration. Because you know yesterday I was like, uh, I mean, I don't know what this is about, but uh, can you help me? And thank God Mike called in. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, my God, I have an appointment, and I'm catching the last few minutes. But, you know, if I say if you just, you know, remember, learn how to and to train yourself to just seek him first every morning, you can't go wrong. You should be able to restore your relationship because you should seek him first in all things. And it gets hard because we get caught up in things. We get overwhelmed. You know, we start focusing on other things rather than him. And that's all of us. We all get distracted. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we just got to remember to put him first and know that he's a forgiving God, so he always forgives us, but we still, we want to be mindful. You know, when you have a relationship with someone, you want to keep in touch with that person. So you want to stay in contact with him consistently every day. 
you want to speak with him every day. You want to acknowledge him every day. You want to let him know that you love him, that you seek him, that you're praying to him, that, you know, he wants to know you're putting him first because he is a jealous guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, and his, he will restore you. I mean, if you were overwhelmed and all that, but when you seek him, he'll restore you. Mm-hmm. Another thing that he talks about is we got to show gratitude. Show your Father in heaven that you are grateful for all your yes. blessings. We receive yes. blessings, and sometimes we so quick to ask for some more. Give me some more. Give me some more. We like it was called a meeting of gratification. So we got to say a prayer of sincere gratitude, being grateful for God's hand in our life. You know, Mike, I was starting to show off earlier, and I was talking about, and I used to be like, Lord, why I got to do this? Why not? I had all this stuff before the company. I'm not trying to be rich. I'm not trying to be famous. All I kept doing was getting in trouble. But I was grateful for the little bit we did have, and we did the best with what we had and what we knew, and we still had to grow. But I had to trust God, and I had to show gratitude. Either you want to speak on that in regards to showing gratitude. Well, uh, Pastor Chips, oh, go, go ahead, ma'am. Go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Okay, here's the pastor, Chet Swindoll. He talked about attitude. Matter of fact, uh, you probably have a copy of that in the uh, the yeah, manual, uh, Jeanette. He talked mm-hmm. about attitude. But one, one way I look at attitude, attitude will give you the gratitude to give you the altitude mm-hmm. to come into the presence of Almighty God for where he dwells that we might know him. And there's one thing I, I, I like to share, if I may, because I know time is uh, coming real short. This is in the Second Corinthians seven fourteen, and this is God talking to the children of Israel, which today He would be talking to the church. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek, seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Mm-hmm. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what was you about to say? Oh, no, I was just, um, yeah, you always want to show um, gratitude. I know I'm grateful for so many things because I know if it had not been for God's grace, I would be jacked up, messed up, towed up, <laughs> all kinds of things, you know, probably serving time for killing somebody, you know, I'm just, Uh-oh. I'm just like, thank you, Lord, for your grace, you know, and, you know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, not just literally killing somebody. I mean, I, I, jacking somebody up real bad. But I, I just thank God for his grace. And every time that I started out to just do something, he'd just be like, don't do that. And I was mm-hmm. able to hear his voice because, he's, because, you know, I'm just so grateful to him and the Holy Spirit that dwells within me because I'm telling you, I, it just saved me from just chaos. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And one of the things it also talks about is talk to someone spiritual. And you know what, Mike? Now this this yeah. makes a lot of sense now of where I'm at in my life now, 
Because talking to someone who has been down the same road can provide insight on your situation. You may not want to hear it or you don't want to tell the person, well, let me tell you what happened to me. No, that's not how you go about it. You can listen to them, but the thing is they can help you rebuild your faith by offering some practical advice because they've been there. My mother used to say, been there, done that, got my T-shirt. Or my mother would say, keep living. And I didn't know what that meant when she would tell me these things. But those things make you stronger. You know, and sometimes you've got to look at the gift that we have, and every day is full of promise and hope. We have to have faith yes. that all things are working together for our good and believe in ourselves and know that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you and believe that what doesn't break you only makes your faith stronger. Like I said, I got to go to a few. I got two funerals I got to go to this week. One on Thursday I got to go to where a friend of mine, mother passed away, Miss Williams. I've been knowing her since I was a kid. You know, and she passed away. And I know her kids are going through, but even because they're adults. And then I got to go to another funeral of one of my auntie's um, best friends. Her sister's grandson passed away, and I don't think he was no more than two years old. And they called him Champ. Where this kid had to endure so many heart surgeries. and, And he had the prettiest eye. You know, so... Things are happening. Like I said, we're dealing with COVID. We're dealing with people wanting a stimulus package. We're dealing with people losing their jobs. We're dealing with so much stuff. But God can heal and God can restore and make us stronger. Mike, anything you want to say to the listeners before we end the show today? Well, you know, by you saying what you just said, i just like to uh, go back. To what Moses uh, uh, confronted Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. Of course, he said he wouldn't. And all Mm -hmm. the plagues that fell upon Egypt, you know, not Mm -hmm. one plague fell upon the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. It was just a a mile or two away from there. Even when it was dark, the sun was shining on their side. When the Mm -hmm. death angel came, you know, God told them to put the lamb's blood on the doorpost. None of those diseases, none of those plagues befell mm-hmm. the children of Israel. But mm-hmm. the thing about it, once again, if it's a conditional word, we don't have to worry about COVID. We don't have to worry about finances. We don't have to worry about none of that if we do what? Submit ourselves to the power and authority of our Creator. Mm-hmm. It's a conditional word. That if you love me, you will follow my commandments. Jesus constantly mm-hmm. said that, and he's still saying that us today. And I would strongly urge people to go back and revisit John, the 14th and the 15th chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we're running out of time, but I'm looking at some information. It's from Odyssey, the Odyssey the online. And it kind of was, I'm looking at this information. It reminded me of Tupac, keep your head up. And even though sometimes life can get a little crazy and hectic and we forget the most important thing, it's easy to get swept away by the pressures of life, whether it's our schedules, whatever is going on. But it's important to remember what we are really here for and what we need to focus on the most, and that's our relationship with God. And maybe individuals can be trying to keep their faith, or maybe individuals are dealing with some things, but we got to remember to keep your head up because even though 
you know, and, and Keisha do that with Ryder all the time. Every time Ryder get in trouble, he put his head down. She said, lift your head up. Put your head up. So we got to remember that. Keep our head up. And there are some verses that can help restore your faith and bring things back into perspective. But you got to remember to keep your eyes on the prize and keep your mind stayed on him. Again, Mike, thank you for joining me. I guess, like I said, I diverted a little bit because we were supposed to be talking about the righteous. But somehow, restore, restoration popped in my spirit. So I liked what you were talking about, even with um, some of the things that you said about the power of choice and don't be deceived. Those are some topics within itself. But we will talk about the righteous next week. I will bring that up. Okay? So thank you, Mike. Appreciate you and Lady T and Way Busy. And thank you for listening to us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And until next week, remember, you got this. Thank you, Mike. All right. God bless you both. Hi, my name is Jeanette Abney, and I am returning your phone call. Did you call my office earlier today? Yes, uh, actually a few minutes ago I called. Okay, and what can I help you with? I'm looking for uh, someone to see my daughter, who is six years old. Um, I was wondering if if you take uh, children. What is the presenting concern? What is going on with your daughter that's six? Um, well, she's, uh, she's always angry, you know, she's, uh, she goes into these rages and she goes into her room and starts throwing stuff and, um, just nothing, nothing appeases her. Okay. So how are you handling it when she's doing this? Uh, you know, we're trying to them as busy as we possibly can, but, you know, she has an older sister that kind of, kind of jabs at her a little bit, and, you know, it's kind of hard to control all of that sometimes while trying to, you know, do life. Gotcha. Um, So it it, it happens here and there, and just, it just seems like, like, like we have to be helicopter parents. Got you. You, it, 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 you know. Well, this is the thing. Not to cut you off. This is the thing. Sure. That's not something that a therapist would just be able to help a six-year-old with because it's a parenting family issue. Um, talking to the older sibling and understanding the younger sibling's triggers in regards to, I, I don't know, because if the six-year-old would normally be in the first grade, I don't know if she's going to school, if if she's having to do the homeschool. So there's a lot of things that can lead to frustration. And also understanding the temperament of the child. Now, I'm not seeing clients face-to-face in my office. I'm only providing telehealth sessions. 
And with a six-year-old, it would be kind of complicated to have her sit in front of a computer or me talk to her on the phone, and I'm trying to say one thing, and then she get up the phone and fight with her sister over a toy, you know? So that's something that the parents would have to figure out in regards to setting or redirecting inappropriate behaviors in the home. Okay. It's not to blame, but if you see that your child is angry, you see that she's getting frustrated, is understanding her temperament and being able to redirect those behaviors so that it don't occur in school because it's learning how to resolve conflict because she's six. Yeah. Now, you didn't say the age of the other child, but you just said that the child is older. So it could be some competition stuff going on. It could be some where one aggravating the other one. It, it, that's yeah, going to go back to totally parenting. Not. It's totally that, and you know, it. It like I said, it's hard. It's hard to catch it all because, the, you know, she's nine years old and she's very aware of where we are. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to make dinner or trying to, you know, throw some loads in the wash, and you know, so she'll pick at her and 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 just I don't know. I feel like the little one just. Yeah, but see, but this, but this, but this is what you're saying. You want the the six year old to go into counseling, but the nine year old could be bored too. So sometimes you might have to find a way of saying, okay, you know what, this is what we're gonna do. I fear acting not like this. I'm trying to do laundry. Hey, come help me do laundry. Hey, come help me. Sometimes keeping them busy, keeping them distracted. It's a lot of different things. It's not something that you just do therapy for. Yeah, we try so hard. We, I mean, we keep them super busy. They go to dance. We take them to. That's more of a frustration. That's more of a talking to her. But that's not something, like I said, if a therapist would be able to just the whole family system and working with the family and parenting and redirecting inappropriate behaviors. Because, like I said, talking to a six-year-old in therapy for something like that, I don't see where that would be therapeutic. Now, you might find a therapist that may be able, because I do a lot of different things. I mean, I do parenting classes. I do co-parenting classes. I do public speak, but just hearing what you're saying is something that the child could be bored, the child could be frustrated, understanding the temperament, making sure that when these things are happening, you, you are in touch with your own feelings so that you don't get frustrated when the kids are acting out like that. And, and that's what happened last night. My wife, you know, kind of just flipped out and, you know, she said she wishes you know, she wished that she was dead and oh to see how I would handle the situation. And just, I've never seen her get like that. The wife told the six-year-old she wished she was no, dead? told me, told me, told me that she wishes that she was dead so I could take care of the kids because she feels right. that I, I, don't, I don't take enough part in it, you know? Well, I'm going to say this. Again, that's something the two of you may need to be doing counseling for instead of focusing on a six-year-old. Because like I said, that's a parenting thing. And be mindful of what she said because my daughter just learned that one of her employees at work, 30-something years old, I think her, I think the employee was 32, has two children and just dropped, we thought dropped dead. And my daughter knew someone's wrong. My daughter texted me today and said, Mom, 
I learned that my coworker committed suicide. And the one thing my my daughter was like, well, mom, how did I miss the sign? How did my, my coworker got two kids? She was so frustrated. So this is something that you and your wife got to be dealing with and working through, not just putting a six-year-old in, in counseling, especially if your wife just said that. But that's something, like I said, and that's just Jeanette talking as a therapist and a radio host. But that right there is a red flag because what if your wife do do that? One woman just did. She killed herself on Saturday. Yeah. And have two children. Okay? So talk to your wife and let your wife know, look, we're going to have to try to find a way to not get so stressed out, redirect the kid's behavior, you know, keeping kids busy all the time don't always don't mean that they're not bored, but redirecting their behavior in a way that it's not impacting you or your wife. But listen to your wife. Correct. Okay? Uh, well, I would like to uh, maybe take some of those parenting uh, classes or courses or, you know, well, right now I have I don't teach the class because I own the company. I have a young lady that provides the classes on Saturday. She's doing them via Zoom, as well as um, individuals are coming in. I want to share something with you, and it's called Empowering Parents. If you Google Empowering Parents, they offer blogs. They offer I don't know if they're doing workshops right now because of COVID. But it's called um, Empowering Parents. They have a whole curriculum that specifies um, specific targeted behaviors. That can also, I always refer to parents to to help them with specific things that they're dealing with to help them with their children. But it's called Empowering Parents. Okay, so just Google that, you said? Yes, Google that and, and read some of the materials or, yeah, read some of the stuff that they have to learn how to do things differently. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and you take care. Okay? You too. Okay, bye-bye. Hello? Hi, Karen. This is Jeanette returning your phone call. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, did you um, hear my message? I haven't listened to your message. I just started returning phone okay. calls from this call. Okay. What was your um, message? I called and I left your message to see if, if, the, if the business I have through Don't Keep is urgent or if I can use them for other um, questions. Okay. You wanted to know if the referral in regards to, do you have an EAP referral? Okay, no, my question was, wasn't an EAP referral that you was given? Pardon me? Okay, you wanted to know if your EAP referral, meaning the referral that you was given, if it was just for yeah. grief or for, your referral is with a therapist to speak about whatever you want to speak about. As long as okay. it's not a work-related issue, meaning if it's something that's right. pertaining to work, I can't write any letters to say you can take off from work. No. I can't. You know, if there was something where it was a worker's comp, I can't get involved in those type of issues, but you could you could talk about whatever you want to talk about. 
Okay. Were you looking? What? I don't even remember. What days were we talking our meeting before? What, what were we talking about? No, before? no, no. What day? Do you remember what day of the week it was? Because so I can have an idea. Oh. oh. Um. I don't think I had any appointments set up. Apparently. Apparently, you probably didn't. Okay, and the reason I'm asking this question is because when I looked at your number or when you call me, your number was saved in my phone. And oh, okay. so it was saved in my phone under Karen Magellan Telehealth. So I don't know if you made an appointment and didn't talk or you did make an appointment. So my question was, if we met before, do you remember what day it was? What day of the week or time frame? Oh, it was probably around June 2nd. So we talked in June. Okay. So June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Okay, because if you have a Magellan referral, they only give you six months to complete the referral. It hasn't been, it hasn't been six months. Okay. All right. So it, it, it's only been like five. Okay, so it's been five. Okay, as long as we don't pass the six months, because after the six months, then you would either have to call and get a new referral because they would not pay for services because the referral, the authorization only lasts six months. Now, okay, you want to make an appointment. Were you looking for a morning, afternoon, or evening appointment? Um, I'm sorry. I'm driving. It's hard to hear you. What was Were you looking for a morning, an afternoon, or an evening appointment time? Um, probably evening or late afternoon. Late afternoon. Okay, give me one second. I'm looking at my schedule. I can probably do tomorrow is Wednesday. I can do what about a Wednesday at three? Which is tomorrow at three. At what time? Three PM. Um three I'll be driving home. I don't get home till four thirty. Okay. All right, I can schedule you. You know what? Someone just called me and canceled. Let me see something. What day? Who was that? Oh, shoot. That's two, so that's not going to work. Because uh, most of my evening slots are already taken. And you said you're driving at 3, so you're not available because I do have a 3 o'clock available today because they called and canceled. Um, I'm trying not to do late, late. Okay, I'll schedule you for Wednesday. What about at 6 p.m.? Because that is kind of late, considering I've been seeing clients from 9 to that time. But are you available Wednesday uh, at 6? Okay, now did you want to do telehealth or through iPhone, Zoom, or Skype? Um, I don't know. Okay. Um, do you have the Skype or do you have Zoom? No. Okay, so we can do Zoom. So what I'll do right now is I will text you the Zoom ID and the Zoom password, and I'll put you down for Wednesday, which is this Wednesday, which is the 14th, at 6 p.m. Okay? Now, what I'm going to need, what I'm going to need is because I don't have it with me, because if you last seen me in June, I don't even have your file with me. So I need for you to give me, when I text you the Zoom link, I need you to text me your authorization number because that's very important. Okay, I'll have to get that at home. 
Got you, because I'm going to need that before we can even resume services, because I want to check on the authorization to make sure that it's still um, good, okay? Okay. Okay, now I another question. Since you saw me in June, did you see another therapist or? No. Okay, because no. the reason I ask that question is because sometimes they can take the authorization out or the number and give it, if you would have seen someone else, they would have gave a number to somebody else and I wouldn't be able to find you in the computer system. Okay, so. Yeah, no, I, I Okay, all right. So we will talk tomorrow at 6 p.m., okay? Okay. All right, thank all you. Right, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, what's going on? What this last second stuff, man? Well, I just sent the information out because I kind of got stuck with what was going on, so it wasn't just the last minute. I didn't put it out. I told you the 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 word restoration came into my head, and I couldn't figure out what it was about. And I called Tammy last night at ten o'clock, and I was like, Tammy, I'm stuck. I forgot all about righteousness, and so. Uh, That's because I didn't put the information out to this morning. That's what I'm trying to share with you. It popped into my head. Oh, I don't know. I I I was Well, it couldn't have been eleven thirty because eleven thirty I was already on the show. So, but yeah, once I put it out and put it together, because I was putting it together, I didn't put the information out till this morning. So that's what that was about. Because I couldn't I couldn't figure out what it was about and trying to make meaning of it, and I'm like, and then Tammy told me, I called Tammy last night and asked her would she be available. She told me, yeah, and you see, she called five minutes left on the show. I'd have been stuck. Oh, okay. Well, well something happened. It hasn't been to do or something, that I happened to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm busy, but let me go ahead and, and call in, and I know when I ask you for a favor, I don't want to hear no excuses, so... Well, but the thing is, I mean, I was just sharing information, putting it out there, and, um, you know, and I, I don't get disappointed with people. I mean, I know I take time out of my schedule to share the information, whatever is laid in my heart or people want to hear. I do the best I can. I can't depend or can't put it off on other people. I don't get paid for this. I don't get, but you never know how many souls you're saving or how you may be making a difference in other people's lives. That's the way I look at it. Well, Delano, what was in Delano started disappointing me. Delano started becoming very flaky. See, I didn't even have this time, and Delano was angry with me because my pastor, Pastor Dana Steele, was the one that wanted to do a Tuesday at 1130. And then he just abandoned me and left me all by myself. You know I don't talk about spiritual stuff. You know, if we're talking about other things, your guess is good as mine. So he I said, your guess is good as mine. He was the one that originally started the 2 o'clock, I mean, at the 11.30 time slot. That wasn't me. He wanted that. Yeah, 
And I will teach you what I ask God to give you the discernment to help me with what I'm supposed to be dealing with. I said, well, you know what? The only thing you came to me was restoration. And I couldn't figure out what restoration means. And so to restore it, when I got finished talking to her, she said, See, that's why I trust God. She said, that's what it was. I got to learn how to restore my relationship. That's what God I got to learn how to do Because she would always say, well, God, me and God, we all good terms. But no, God ain't going to have you smoke a weed and drinking and, and you a therapist and you supposed to get that right now. Hello? 
Okay, how are you knowing? Hello? Can you hear me, Miss Penny? Okay, Miss Penny, I'm cooking breakfast because I'm hungry. So I'm going to say I'm doing a, I'm going to say I'm doing a brunch. I just got off the radio earlier and people blowing my phone up and I'm like, Lord, I'm so hungry. I had me an eight breakfast. That's not good. Day. So how are you? You know, last. Last night, I wasn't feeling good, so I wanted to get me 10 hours of sleep, and it felt 10 hours. I felt good. So I feel that today's topic for my radio show had to do with restoration, so I feel restored and renewed. So it's, it's a good thing. For, oh, it was too smart, so I'm feeling so bad. So how are you doing? Neither do you. So that's what it is. You guys are walking on eggshells. 
jail because your spirit was already in your home. And it gives your son power. When I when I say fear, when I say fear, I don't mean fear as if you're afraid. I mean fear can also be avoiding avoiding can be a form of fear. Meaning that's what I'm talking about. Nobody wants to deal with the elephant in the room. Nobody, but dealing with the elephant in the room could be very frustrating, very challenging, very. It's like I have time for this. So that's what the fear I'm talking about. I'm not saying you are much you're afraid of, but the problem is it's long and it's getting out of control.
Just made all I did was mow the lawn. Wow, I I did the lawn, but you know that's part of his mental illness, though, right? You know, part of his mental illness is his perception is different from your perception. Two different perceptions. And by that same token, part of it is trying to get your son the help that can benefit him that he needs. He don't want to do that. And your your father, I mean your husband's afraid for him to, but you guys are going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, 
Did he go to recruiters today? your husband got a lot going on, he probably don't want you to have an outlet because he don't have an outlet. That could be a problem too. Well, there's a problem. 
Now this is really hurting you. Why? You're hurt. What's going on, Penny? Because you're very emotional right now. What's going on? I heard you say he's threatening you. You were kind of okay with your marriage the way it was and kind of isolated you. But what's going on now, Penny? Because some other stuff is going on in your in your mind. What's going on? I don't want, I want to know what's going on. I don't want to hear that you're making up. You don't have to tell me what you think I want to hear because you know I'm going to read right through the bullshit, Penny. What? It's not, I mean, I'm not, it's not bullshit. I just feel no, I said I'm going to read through the bullshit. That's why I need you to be honest with me. What is going on? What is it that you, you could you, you're frustrated you're angry, you're sad, you're disappointed. I, mean, I, think, I, think, I think I know how we can move forward positively. And I resist as I'm hurt by him um, putting the time limit, I guess, on 31 years. Mm-hmm. respected women. Part of it goes back to a whole lot of things. Penny, you stayed silent for 30-something years. I don't know how long you've been silent, but you just indicated you've been married 30-something years. You've been silent. You, Your husband changed. He went through some things. You was there. Now, you're going through some things because some there is some resentment. There is some resentment you have towards him, your husband, and there is some resentment that you have towards your son. Because there are things that you cannot control. But the problem is sometimes it seems like the two of them are teaming up against you. Yeah. To where you're feeling alone, not understood, like you're the bully, and you want some peace too. You was okay with leaving them two by themselves. But now, <laughs> well, I heard you the last at that time. I heard you. But now you're trying to make sure that your marriage, say a marriage, and you know how to keep your marriage to marriage, but the only way you can keep your marriage to marriage is if your son become more self-reliant. 
is if you're saying you're not kicking your son out. You're pushing him off the nest. He can't be in the nest forever. The, the basket is too heavy. We got too many grown people in this basket. <laughs> And that's the part your husband is missing. So your husband wants to make sure that the elephant in the room, make it seem like the elephant ain't in the room, because your your father, your husband don't want your son to be homeless, where he feels like a failed parent, but it has nothing to do with his parenting skill, because he could have been the best parent in the world. Your son got a mental health issue that needs to be addressed. That's the part your husband missing. in Arizona, too, for fighting, because he got a mental health issue. The first time he got kicked out of UCLA, I'm thinking, ah, you know, they're making stuff up. It can't be that bad. It can't be something going on, you know, something really going on. But he went to Arizona, and I heard that he got arrested because he assaulted a person in Arizona. So the thing is, my sister don't know how to deal with it, but she saw him going into the service, but what can the service do? You can get kicked out the service too. Mm-hmm. You can get kicked out of the military. And then what you go do? Now there are places that help, but you gotta first admit you got a mental health issue. Gotta first admit that you want some help. Anybody help you? Can anybody help you if you don't want their help? Even your parents can't help you if you don't want their help. situations. But if you know that, and if you knew I was such a shitty mom, what you going to do with yourself now? Can't blame me for how you feel now. Now, if I was a shitty mom, and you was in school or high school, and you had nowhere to go, or you could, or you didn't become a product of the foster care system, okay, we get that. But if I'm a shitty mom now, and you over 18, um, that means you must want to live a shitty life. Cause now that's all up to you. (laughs) 
So Okay, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Now you talking about something, I don't know where you going. What are you talking about, Penny? Okay, got you. Because I'm thinking you talking about money. I'm going to say, you mean tell me that money ain't Tom's dad? Because you talking about stepdad. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought you were telling me. I thought you were confessing something. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. I 
That's a lot of money he got a hold of right now, and hopefully he he, he has enough money to get him an apartment if he wants to. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So you take the six hundred, and then if he was getting the max, which was the three, so he probably was getting over nine hundred to a thousand dollars a week. That's four thousand dollars a month. So you got March, April, May, June, July, four thousand dollars a month. That's twenty grand right there. Just for those four months, it's twenty grand. Well, you know where it is. I mean, maybe he's looking for he should have at least twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, because you got six hundred dollars a week on top of the three hundred dollars. So they was giving him probably between nine hundred dollars to a thousand dollars a week. So if you add that up in a week, if a thousand dollars a week times four is four thousand dollars a month, you got March, April, May, June, July, four thousand dollars for five months is twenty thousand dollars. On top of, he's probably still getting unemployment because they'll give it to you up to a year. So now in the went from he would either have the 300 plus the 300 additional because they reduced the, three, the 600 to three. So now that would mean that he's getting 600 a week. So 600 a week, that's 12, 1,200 every two weeks. That's 24 a month. That's $2,400 a month. And all you guys are asking for is $400, and he got $2,400. And he got $2,000 extra every month. Even even if he was even if he was getting Social Security, he would only get about 900 and something. He get way more on what he's doing now than what he would get on Social Security. He can pay more than 400 now to consider that he's getting about $2,400 a month. Yeah. Well, because then you, you're not even including the electricity and all of that stuff because it costs for water and, and water and electricity. He don't want to look like a bad parent because the son is already, like you said, the son has already said bad things about you and hurt your feelings. The son has already hurt his feelings, too. He don't want to get his feelings hurt by your son. That's why he's afraid to show the United States. 